BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. The following is a paid advertisement from Walt Disney Home Entertainment. Get ready to hop back in the Milano and head out into the galaxy with your favorite group of ragtag heroes. This amazing collection is jam-packed with your favorite characters. Star-Lord, Gamora, Drax, Rocket, Mantis, Nebula, Yondu, and Baby Groot. Oh, I love Baby Groot. And Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 is packed with some of your favorite features like deleted scenes, director commentary, and even bloopers. Oh, Jill, you know how I love all that behind the scenes. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 will be available in stunning 4K UHD resolution. Enjoy all your favorite formats, DVD, Blu-ray, and even digital HD. Use the information on your screen below to pre-order Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Experience the making of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 with all the stars of the film. Visit the set with director James Gunn. Explore mind-bending visual effects and... A music video starring TV icon David Hasselhoff. It doesn't get any better than that. I love the hop. As much as Baby Groot. Aw, Steve, don't make me choose. If you act early and pre-order your digital copy, you get four additional bonus features only available through this special offer. And if that's not enough, when you purchase the 4K UHD edition, you get an exclusive poster at no extra charge. Don't wait. Act now. Order yours today. Go to www.gotgjams.com or call 1-844-552-GOTG. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. Another world. Another time. In the age of wonder. There was once a dream. You could only whisper it. Anything more than a whisper. And it would vanish. A battle between good and evil. You don't know the power of the dark side. Where shall I find a new adversary so close to my own level? Try the local sewer. You know of the rebellion against the Empire? The Avengers. Earth's mightiest heroes. Peace means having a bigger stick than the other guy. One of these days, I'm going to have a stick of my own. I'm Groot. Welcome to the Neverland Podcast. The podcast for lovers of Disney, Pixar, Marvel, and Star Wars. I'm glad you're here to tell us these things. Please welcome your host, Jeremy. I thought he'd be taller. Yeah, I can fly. All it takes is faith and trust. Well, if it isn't the Star Spangled Man with a plan, what is your plan today? Up to Neverland! <laughs> 
Take your pixies out of your pockets, Neverlanders. Sprinkle some of that pixie dust around with your happiest thoughts and get ready to fly away to Neverland again with me, your spider pan, Jeremy. And of course, we never go to alone if we can if we can help it because we have brought cue the music. Eric Warren. Eric, 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 Eric Warren. Eric Warren. Hello, last boy, Eric. How have you been? You know, I am doing great. I've been uh, flying all the way into Neverland today, and boy, my arms are tired. Uh-oh, you must be running low on pixie dust if you're flapping your arms. Oh, well, you know, you, you do what you can. <laughs> Trying to get a little extra airspeed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> faster, faster, we got to get to Neverland. There's so much to talk about, because San Diego Comic-Con has been going on this weekend. Oh, that little thing. That little thing. Fresh on the heels of the D23 Expo, uh, as if we couldn't get any more things excited to share about. Now we have a whole new weekend, which I've noticed because uh, I was watching some of uh, uh, Zachary Levi. He was hosting on the Sci-Fi Channel, or Siffy, whatever you want to call it. Uh, he was doing some things in the evenings and kind of recapping a little bit of what you were seeing in the day. Had some celebrity guests, and they were just simply calling it Comic Con because in San Diego they want to own the rights of the word Comic Con, as if every other city doesn't have their own comic convention, Comic-Con. which they call their mm-hmm. Comic Con, but they just name it by their own city. So I will still call it San Diego Comic Con. I'm not just going to refer to it as Comic Con. Thank you very much, San Diego. You're losing steps here. So that they are. <laughs> it's like, come on, you've already lost the biggest comic chain or comic store in the country. Don't overstep it and lose it because you're slowly becoming pop culture con. Right. So I because given the choice to go, I would give between the two, I would go to a D23 Expo before I'd go to a San Diego Comic Con at this point. Now, at one point I would have said differently, but now I'm like, you know what? I'd probably have more fun at D23. Well, you know, the the crowds have gotten uh, kind of bad. Uh, it, it's hard to get around and move around, and there's so much more happening off-site than on-site anymore. So, yeah. you know, San Diego Comic-Con, you know, still is a great place, though, to get a you know good look at what's coming up in, in the pop world of pop culture and movies. And uh, in comic books, there have been some pretty uh, interesting revelations made this uh, last weekend, especially about uh, DC's plans with their metal miniseries that's coming up involving Batman, but uh, you know what? It's still a great time for news. Yes, indeed. So, uh, we, we of course, we got to get to this news, but we got some park news to dive into first, so let's get them started. Spanning the Disney and Geek Universe to bring you the best in comics, toys, movies, and entertainment. This is news from around Neverland. Okay, so let's get it started in here. Okay, that, I, I had to get that out of my system. It jumped into my head. <laughs> but this is pretty cool. Uh, now, I'm, I'm not a big, you know, Avatar fan. I've said many times I'm not going to probably watch any of the movies. But I would definitely enjoy the world of Pandora from what I've seen of it. It looks really fun. And I have been saying that even if you're not a fan of the films and you're not excited about this, Disney Imagineers are not going to disappoint with what they create. And it's going to be fantastic. And based upon the success I'm hearing about... Uh, I'd say I was right. Jeremy wins. Oh, Do I definitely. get something? 
<laughs> but this is cool. There's going to be some limited edition retail magic bands that are about to that are debuting, I guess, probably right now. It's supposed to be at, at, at over the summer here at Pandora. And we've got a first look at them here on the Disney Parks blog. Uh, and I guess this is two sides of the same. It looks like there's just one particular thing. Uh, it says Pandora Valley of Moara. Uh, and it's, I guess, a sunset view, and you're seeing, you get to see some of the floating mountains, and I guess that's a banshee that's flying in. Some really neat kind of uh, very simplistic artwork, and it comes in a very special little case. Uh, well, and it also, apparently, this artwork is also featured on, okay, this other thing is a, is a luggage tag that I'm looking at. So it's a luggage tag, but then you see more detail, I guess, on the actual wristband here for the Magic Band. And it's and- limited to 5,000. Yeah, and, and I'll tell you, the, the design work, I really like it. I come from the travel industry, and the design work that they've used looks just like travel posters. Yes, it does. It's very cool. It was created by Dylan Cole, and he's a co-production designer for the upcoming Avatar motion picture sequels. And uh, it's actually apparently got a variety of products for him, but the box has this uh, like matte finish, and it's got some really cool artwork. Uh, there's a couple of moons here in the background, and it's at night. You see all the glowing flora and fauna, and uh, a naked blue person <laughs> there. Or Smurfs. Really tall Smurfs that are named after Link's fairy friend, but it's a cool looking box. Mm Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, that's a fantastic looking box, and it it does look like that. uh, It's two different sets of Magic Bands. One is the one that's got the the travel posters on it, and the Mm -hmm. other one it's this you know really beautiful you know nighttime scene on Pandora with all the. Uh, bioluminescence of the plants lighting up and like you said those two moons in the back you know really neat and looks to both of these yeah given the choice i really like this uh this black one with the the matte painting i must say mm-hmm. i I, oh. I love the box it's it oh, really yeah. it loses something on the magic band because it's it's shrinking down the the amount of print you can put on and i love the i love the magic band with the travel poster thing but i love the box of the other <laughs> mm-hmm mm-hmm but apparently they're both uh, recently released. You can find them at Wind Traders in Pandora. But uh, I was—I just where did I just see that it said there's five thousand of each of these type of things. So you better get it in there fast and get it if you're excited for this and if you happen to be a fan of the films because there are fans of the films out there. Mm-hmm. I have well, heard of and, them now. <laughs> and and while they do have them there at the Wind Traders, these are also available online or via the Shop Disney Parks app as well. You know, I should probably get that app, but, but I'd wind up spending money, and that would be a bad idea because I don't have money to spend. <laughs> I can commiserate with you in that. <laughs> yes, it's like, ooh, I'd love to get that app, and I, you know, buying these online because you know, I, I try to not look at the Disney Store online because I know I'd be like wanting everything. <laughs> so I, it's probably not a good idea for me to get on there too often. I still, you know, I need me a good Mickey Mouse ears hat. I don't have one. I should probably get me someone, but I, I, like I said, I'm trying to not spend money when I don't have to. Maybe things will change here when I'm done with school. That's the idea. Of course, yes. But, uh, ooh, hey, Epcot Food and Wine. Have you ever been to anything like that? Because they you do know, something I, like that in Disneyland, I think, don't they? At California Adventure, they have a food and wine festival. And, and you know, for those of you who might not be familiar with it, and I'm not entirely sure, but I think it's a similar setup in Epcot, is they have different businesses come in and... Basically, you know, for uh, a certain price, you can test their 
their items, their food and their drinks, and uh, they really have an opportunity to try several different uh, things all at once. Yeah, they had me at food. Because <laughs> I don't drink, but I eat. Uh, oh, yeah. If, you if you've ever seen a good picture of me, you can tell I eat, although I've lost some weight here because I'm, I'm trying to be good. But this, this is cool because it's 35 years of Epcot, and so they're calling it the Party for the Senses. Hmm. You better start booking now, as it is basically what they're saying on the Disney Parks blog right now. Uh, it's going to run for 75 days from August 31st to November 13th, and I think we've talked about it before, uh, but they, it's ready to be booked. Uh, there's probably a phone number here. Let me give you this phone number. You can either go to the website, EpcotFoodFestival.com, or call 407-939-3378. Usually that spells something like uh, WW or whatever, trip, but I don't see the anagram anywhere. It just has that number. So let me repeat oh. it. 407-939-3378. Well, the 939 would be WDW. Okay, so 3378 is probably food or something. Or Ep- maybe Epcot. I don't know. I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't know. Now, one, one of the things to keep in mind is with these food and wine festivals, not only do they have these displays set up, but they also do have presentations. Uh, there are, are times where you might be able to meet with a chef as they talk about and share the items that they have created so you know it's not just walking around and seeing these booths there's actual demonstrations and uh, presentations that are made as well yeah so, so it's, a, it's a, a lot of different fun to have oh yeah so, so you definitely want to make sure if there's something that uh, you specifically want to see like say yeah i don't know that this is the case but if emerald lagasse is you know demonstrating something or guy fieri or cat cora you know you'll want to see when they're going to be making that presentation and uh, plan your trip accordingly yeah and we've probably mentioned who's coming uh let me let me just see if i can jump over here and find it real quick we've probably mentioned them before uh the page i was looking at didn't have it it only had some photos of uh of the two guest chefs but see if we can find uh the names of people no i'm not finding them lesson okay. from the pros from the where Lesson from the pros. Lesson from the pros. Okay. Right, right. There are some people you can check out, though. Definitely. I just don't know what their names are. So, <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll just go with that. But yes, book it now because it is it is kicking off here at the end of August, running for seventy five days around the Epcot World Showcase. I'm actually getting hungry thinking about this. Uh, it's it's getting close to dinner time when we're recording. So, <laughs> well, you know, there there is one time of the year where I'm always hungry. Could it be Christmas time is here? Exactly, because along with the lots of joy and cheer, you've also got all of the goodies that come with Christmas. Yeah, and this is weird. Apparently this has been going on all through July, and I've, I've only recently been hearing about it. Yes, July has been occurring, or Christmas has been occurring in July. At least at in Disney, Disney Springs. Springs. <laughs> <laughs> Now, I guess this is mainly in the Walt Disney World area, but uh, right. there's even a special weekend stuff where they're doing meet and greets with Santa and during the Disney Days of Christmas, going from 1 p.m. to 10 p.m. every day. Oh, my gosh. Look at these these cookies and uh, all kinds of different little yeah. candies. and Candied apples and Rice Krispie treats. Candy cauldrons, even. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. Wow. <laughs> or just looking at some p- pictures, there's even like Christmas clothing type of things that you can already buy <laughs> over in Trendy. 
Well, wow. Christmas clothing, and they've also got their uh, Christmas light necklaces, which you just press a button on and they light up. Do they play any like songs or anything? No, they, they don't play songs, but they do have different uh, patterns for the lights. So we can either have the lights chasing each other or all the yellows will blink and all the blues will blink, etc. Um, and, and these are the large bulb type. But, uh, you know, I know in the past uh, Disney also has had the, the smaller LED type light uh, bulbs as well. So that way it uh, lasts a little bit longer. Oh, oh, no, it's just designed to look like LED bulbs. Whether or not they actually are, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, neat stuff. And, you know, fun just a way to have some fun during the summertime. And I love the way that Santa is dressed. <laughs> yeah, he looks like he's on holiday. <laughs> exactly. Complete with his uh, Hawaiian shirt, which is made up of, uh, looks like gingerbread cookies. And uh, Santa doing wintry-type things. Uh <laughs> His red shorts and uh, he's got white socks and red sneakers on. So <laughs> that's too much fun. It looks like he's dressed in the way Goofy would be dressed if he was on vacation in Florida, mm-hmm. <laughs> except mm-hmm. for with a, sta- a Santa flair of everything. <laughs> that's just too much fun. But yeah. there's other yeah. some fun, and I know we've talked about this before. But uh, I saw this pop up today with there's some wallpapers to download on your computer to help promote the thing. But I just wanted Mm -hmm. to throw this reminder out here that Marvel Day at Sea is coming. And it's going to be on select eight, seven, and eight night Bahamian, or Bahamian, I guess is the word, and Canada cruises from New York. And it's going to be this this fall, and mm-hmm. it's going to return on select five night Western Caribbean cruises from Miami in early 2018. But this is the Marvel Day at Sea. And this is where you get to encounter some heroes and villains, and they have some special things going on. Uh, there's close-up interactions, a lot of different entertainment. I don't uh, there's know a, the specific shit There's to a what. show with Doctor Strange. Oh, yeah. I remember talking about that before. Mm-hmm. Some special Doctor Strange stuff going on. Uh, I forgot which specific ships, but we do notice the cruises you know, this fall is going to be leaving from New York and going to Bahamas or to Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, so get booking. It's still apparently available because they're you know they're still advertising it. So there should still be some stuff on there. Uh, go check out the Disney Cruise Line uh, .go. Basically DisneyCruise.Disney.go.com, and you should be able to find the trips and book yourself a cruise. I've never been on one of these. Scott and Tracy from Disney Indiana have. At some point, I really need to have them on to talk about the different cruises, and maybe they can give you some good tips for booking your cruise and what you should do when you go on one. Well, it does look like it's on the uh, Disney Magic is the ship that it's involved with. Okay. So it's not one of the three new ships that's still coming. Oh, definitely not one of those. (laughs) But uh, we know those. I wonder what they're going to call those. Have have they said anything what they're going to name the new three ships? They have not. Although if they call them the Adventure, the Frontier, and Tomorrow, you know, I I would be happy with those names. That would be cool. It would be neat if they launched them around Christmas Day. That way I saw three ships come sailing in on Christmas Day on Christmas Day (laughs) in the morning. Because, I mean, Christmas can happen in July apparently now, too. So even if they set sail in July, then we saw three ships come sailing in on Christmas Day in July. Right. Right. (laughs) If you thought that was a bad joke, the minivan service has also started. And I... I swear, because they actually apparently are calling it the minivan, like you were saying last week. But uh, when I look at these, they look like SUVs, not quite vans. <laughs> but it's still fun to call them minivans, because these are the, the, the cars that are looking like mini. And I think I did see somewhere that's going to cost about $20. Yep, yep. Uh, the, the that was the cost that they've announced, is $20 for uh, their use. Uh, now, is that per trip, or is that just... 
to... I, I think that's going to be per trip. Okay. So that is comparable to an Uber trip. So mm-hmm. Uber drivers in the area are going to be hacked. <laughs> we'll just say that. They're going to lose business. Because uh, that would be the main reason if I lived in Orlando and work in Uber, that would be the main places I would try to hang out is around Disney locations to do, be able to pick up rides. And mm-hmm. Uber has basically now been kicked out because, oh, well, I pay about the same way. I can just use Disney stuff. But I suppose if you know you can't get a van right there right away, you might try to call for an Uber trip. Mm-hmm. Well, and I'm sure that uh, Uber's still going to be available if, uh, say, you're staying off property uh, and need right. to get back and forth. Or even if you're on property and want to go to Universal Studios or SeaWorld, or downtown Orlando or go see Kissimmee. You know, there's still going to be opportunities. This is mostly for your in-resort transportation needs. Which would be nice. You don't have to stand around and wait for that bus. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, I I didn't see, though, are they going to have specific waiting stations for where these vans run, or do you call for the van... Or maybe it's on an app. Kind of, that would be a good idea. Actually, have an app where you can say, "I want a, one of the vans here at this time" or something, so you can meet your van. That that would be absolutely perfect, and I and I can see them uh, including it in the uh, Disney World app. Yeah, that would make it very convenient because then you can just you know say, "Hey, I want to be able to take a van. When's that? When's a good time for me to to meet a van exactly. over here?" Because I want to go. You know, of course, if you just wanted to go to one of the different parks, as soon as the Skyliner's open, apparently that could get you to another park, or you could just hop on the monorail down there and and ride that to some of the other parks. Mm-hmm. So you know, traveling from park to park has never been more family friendly and easy. You know. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. They're making it convenient. So good on Disney. They're just making that resort as convenient and good for you. And I the the thing with the, you know, riding like the monorail or the buses is you have to loop everything pretty much sometimes before you get to what you want because mm-hmm. it's got a, a route. But these vans can just go directly to wherever you want. So, I mean, the convenience factor is definitely there. Oh, yeah. You know, so. our, our good friend Paul Barry over at a Window to the Magic. One year, his uh, or every year he has done a uh, April Fool's Day joke, and one year his joke was sitting on the bus for an hour. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> and just getting to hear all the announcements over the thing, which over oh, and over and over. I, I, I kind of wonder. I see. I haven't heard anything on this, but when I was down there, and you you hop on the buses, like from the airport, you have a video that's you know kind of preparing you for. You know, you're, when you get checked into your hotel and different things that, you know, to take advantage of while you're there and all this stuff, you got this great video to watch. And then there's even a goodbye video when you ride back. Now, I wonder if, when you're riding on the van, because, you know, on, in cars, you can have DVD screens and stuff like that. I wonder mm-hmm. if they have some videos to, for you to view. Maybe some show some Disney cartoons or something as you go between parks. I wonder if they're doing something like that. That would be very kind of cool to keep you entertained yeah. as you're going in between. Hey, very easy to do in this day and age. It would not surprise me. So if anybody gets a chance to use the minivan, let us know what you see. Okay, uh, now we're going to move out of the park news. And I'm just going to touch on this briefly because I know this is... It's been kind of depressing and very heart-wrenching as this has developed over the last couple of weeks. But, I mean, when we first heard about it, uh, Steve Whitmire was leaving the Muppets. And he is no longer going to be voicing Kermit. Uh, they said Matt Vogel was going to replace him in, as Kermit, and I don't know who's covering for Rizzo. I haven't heard. I don't know if Matt Vogel is stepping up for Rizzo as well. And I want to focus mainly on that. I mean, there's been some back and forth where Steve Whitmire says that he it was important to him that the Muppets maintain some of their integrity of who they have been, and he was worried, you know, some of the new... Uh, 
puppeteers coming in, they have been fans, and they're going to interpret the character from what they have only seen, and and maybe not have the same way of performing them. You know, because a fan comes in, is going to do it like an impersonation compared to somebody who's kind of been there and really does understand the character and can embody the character as some of the older uh, crowd have been. And so he he's been concerned about that. I don't know if maybe he hasn't handled it very well the way he's communicated that. There's, you know, we've heard from the Henson companies that he doesn't seem like he's been very professional about things. Uh, you know, I don't know what's been going on the inside. I, I can understand Steve Whitmire's point of view of wanting to make sure the Muppets keep their integrity of who they are because when you look at the the last TV series, what really hurt it is that they were, you know, you know trying to do something different from the Muppets is, is, is okay, doing a different thing, but some of the humor was, was maybe not quite appropriate for the audience that the Muppets have and when you have Brian Henson saying things that they, that he doesn't feel that Kermit should be as wholesome as what Steve Whitmire was making the character to be, I, that does concern me. I don't know exactly what he means because he could just be meaning he's talking about you know Kermit having a pranking sense of humor and a little bit ornery. He's a little bit silly at times, you know, uh, and that could be similar to like when you look at the early Mickey Mouse, he was a bit of a rascal and had a bit more fun adventures. And you compare that to the Mickey Mouse you find in the theme park and he's very tamed, but it's a very, very specific audience. And so Mickey kind of has two different personalities right now. And I don't know if maybe the concern was that they, they didn't want uh, Kermit to become so child friendly that he loses some of his humor that he has had in the past. I, do, I don't know. I don't understand this, but the, the, the back and forth that's going on, I think it's hurting the fan base. It's breaking our hearts. We, you know, so I, I don't want to dwell on this too long, but I do want to look at Matt Vogel going forward that this could be good. Uh, I, I want to give him a chance. I mean, this is the guy who was the voice of Constantine, who is a similar puppet, and he was very entertaining, so he might bring something good to Kermit, but I mean, I really feel like I was just getting used to Steve Whitmire. I've accepted him as Kermit over the last 27 years. And you know, having to go through another change is going to be rough. But I wanted, I wanted, I'm going to stay positive and say, hey, Matt Vogel could be very cool as a Kermit, and he's been the count, I guess, on Sesame Street right now. Uh, maybe he can even do a really good Rizzo. Uh, so I want to give him a fair chance. I want to see what he's able to do with the character before I. I panic on this, and I'm going to try to ignore the negativity that's flying back and forth between the, what's going on. I, and I just want to focus on, okay, well, we have Matt Vogel. We can't we can't change the fact of where things are going, but we have Matt Vogel coming in. Let's give him a fair chance to see what he brings to the character, because I'm always going to love the Muppets, and Kermit is always going to be one of my top three between, you know, him, Fozzie, and Gonzo are always my three favorites. Mm-hmm. And if if what they do going forward, it's not making me happy. I do still have some couple seasons of the Muppet Show. We're still waiting on that fourth season, by the way, people. Seasons four and five while we're alive. Please, you know, I I still have those to go back and love them and enjoy them and all the movies. I I enjoy every single one of the movies that have been released to theaters. So I always have that. So And I always try to keep that in mind because people with the new Star Trek, there's people who haven't enjoyed the new direction. But I'm like, you know what? I always have the stuff to fall back to. It's always going to exist. I can always go back and watch and enjoy what I've, I've always loved, even if the new stuff isn't quite going forward. So like the new Spider-Man, I enjoy that movie as far as being a movie. And uh, the way they say, yes, this is like a John Hughes teen comedy. And for that, I can enjoy that as a movie. I didn't enjoy how they presented the characters. The Spider-Man characters are not quite what I'd like them to be. But if I'm not happy with it, I can always go back and watch the Tobey Maguire, Sam Raimi-directed ones, because those are still, I love those to death. 
So you, you just got to learn to balance and, and look positively and give it a fair shake. And I think there's going to be a lot of really cool stuff out of Spider-Man and the Marvel Cinematic Universe yet to come. So I, it didn't quite win me over yet, but I think maybe a second viewing Homecoming, now that I know what direction they're coming from, I think a second viewing, I'm going to like it even better. And I think I'm still going to definitely enjoy the character coming of an Avengers Infinity War. So, I mean, it's, it's perspective. You have to look at the positive and try to find ways to enjoy it. Uh, because they're they're doing it for you. They really do love the fans. I I think I think they really do mm-hmm. want to have the fans of the Muppets to enjoy it. So give them a chance. I've I've soapboxed this long enough, and <laughs> we, I'm, I'm I'm now anymore. I'm not even reading any any blog things or any interviews that the Hensons are doing. I'm just I ignore that. I'm not going to look at anything until I see Matt Vogel with that puppet when they post it up. They they're promising they're going to do all these you know Muppet thoughts and all these things. I'm going to wait, and I'll, I'll save my judgment on it until I see that, of whether this was a good idea. But I, I, I have some some confidence in Matt Vogel. He's very talented. So I think we're going to get some good. So mm-hmm. well, I'll and, down and, my soapbox now. <laughs> and if anything, you know, with the Muppets, it's, a, it's not about being a voice for a character. It's about performing that character. Right. And, you know, I, you know they certainly... Uh, have a great performer uh, in Matt Vogel uh, to pick up and, and carry on the legacy of Kermit. Yeah, so, you know, and at some point, if you want the Muppets to go on to your children's children's children, new people are going to have to step in. You know, because the people don't live forever, unfortunately, you know, because we've already lost Jim Henson and that that was heartbreaking enough. And so things are going to move on. You know, I'm still I'm still getting used to the new Fozzie and Piggy voice. Uh, But I got to say, the performer has captured their personalities. Mm -hmm. I mean, the performance is there. The voice doesn't sound right quite to me, but they they do seem I I can accept those characters as being the ones that I've loved all these years. Mm hmm. Well, and and Matt Vogel, he's already taken over, you know, uh, the performance of Big Bird uh, for Carol Spinney. I didn't. I I thought I had seen Big Bird talking with a different sounding voice. Mm Mm-hmm. So, So, yeah, he's that that's certainly been, um, you know, one area. He's also taken over most of. uh, Oh, no, no, I'm blanking out on uh, Jerry Nelson's. Uh, Muppet characters, you know, Floyd Pepper, Lou Zealand, Crazy Harry, Robin the Frog, Sweetums, uh, Uncle Deadly. Oh, he's he's been doing Uncle Deadly. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's brought brought that character so much. Oh, yes. And and the Muppets TV show from uh, the year before last really brought Uncle Deadly even much more forward. Yeah. Although I got to say, I think it was the voice of Floyd that I, I... well, it's pretty close. There's some. There's one of them. The voices from the band. One of them that doesn't sound right at all to me. Um, I don't think it was Floyd. Maybe it was no. Was it Floyd or one of, one of the other characters? The voice is entirely different, and I haven't gotten adjusted. Um, hmm. It might be Floyd. Because it couldn't be Zoot. Zoot, you know, he hardly ever speaks. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it is Floyd. I, 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 he doesn't sound quite the same at all to me. Um, I think it. I think it is. I'd have to look at it again, but I think it is Floyd that I haven't gotten comfortable with the voice yet. But the character's being presented pretty awesomely. Doctor Teeth has a different voice now too, but the way he behaves is exactly the way I expect. Oh, uh, and Doctor Teeth, I believe, is Bill Beretta. Yeah, and Bill Beretta's awesome anyway. Oh yeah. <laughs> so he's been doing <laughs> well, great with Doctor Teeth. Well, you know, um, change happens. You know, yes. it's how we react to change that determines. You know, you know 
Well, it's really about our reaction to it. So, you know, it's sad to see that Steve Whitmire is no longer going to be involved, but, you know, change happens. Let's give Matt Vogel a chance. You know, he's proved himself uh, in other areas, so I'm certain that, uh, you know, we're he, he's not going to let down the legacy that Jim Henson has put in place. Yeah, and I hope, for the love of God, please, in uh, I can't think of her name now, take away that uvula. <laughs> Seriously. In Janus? Janus, yes. That uvula is heinous. I don't know whose idea it was to put it in there, in that mouth. It's this weird dangly, just, it's disturbing. I can't listen to what Janice says because I'm watching that uvula swing around. Ugh. Well, yeah. you want to know something that I could never get tired of looking at? <laughs> and what would that be? That would be Luke Skywalker's land speeder. Yes, we get to turn the corner now. <laughs> oh my gosh, that announcement when I saw that video. It's so cute. There's a little little boy. He's, he's basically going, like, flying around. He, like He's driving a land speeder, picks up a little girl that's dressed like Obi-Wan, and they're going along. And then you see a stormtrooper hand that says it's time to come in, and it's, of course, their dad. And I love the little girl. She's just like, we're not the kids you're looking for. And dad's like, okay, 15 more minutes. <laughs> It's such a cute video to announce this thing. Um, Mm -hmm. Oh, but it looks just like Luke's lane speeder. It looks so good, and it fits two kids. It's basically a power wheel. uh, Yeah. But it's it's from Radio Flyer, and I don't know if Radio Flyer is the one that makes the power wheel brand. I think that's something else. Yeah, I believe it is something else. But I love the fact, and you can test these out here on the website, and let's take a quick listen here. I love these. Yeah. And oh look, some lines. There are several creatures approaching from the southeast. Look at there's a droid on the scanner. Dead ahead. Might be our little R2 unit. Hit the accelerator! Although I just hit the R2 button so you already heard him, but <laughs> they have some sounds, some you know, it's just five little buttons. And then the engine startup button that you heard also works as the shutdown. You hit it again. I find I have something like this when I was about because four years old, I guess, is the the age that you're you're beginning to fit. It's got a capacity of 130 pounds, which I would crush this thing. I'm 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 not quite twice that twice that anymore, but uh, there's no way I could fit in it. I would kill it sitting in it. But if I had something like this when I was a kid, you bet I would have never gotten out of it. I think it's time for us to uh, create the adult size version then. Heck yeah. <laughs> Especially if we can find a way to actually make it hover, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'd be driving that thing down the highway like, that's right, I'm in a land speeder. <laughs> oh, most definitely. But this, you can order this. You can pre-order it. Uh, I, I, I haven't seen anything about a release date of when they actually are putting this thing out. Uh, it only goes five miles per hour. You wouldn't want to take this on the highway, that's for sure. Uh, oh, here there's some product specs. It is, uh, let's see, seat to pedal. Well, it's got, it weighs about 59.9 pounds, so you can pick it up and carry it outside real easy. Distance mm-hmm. from back seat to the steering wheel is 15.5 inches. goes 5 miles per hour or 2 miles per hour forward, 2 miles per hour in reverse. So it really doesn't move very fast. But you still, you're riding in style around the neighborhood in this thing. No, you're, you're, you're definitely not going to be moving fast enough to get lost in the jungle and wastes. Yeah, which is probably a good thing. You're not going to get too far down the street. But five miles an hour, that's probably about the average speed a kid's going to go on his little big wheel or something. Yep. So uh, I don't know how fast it's going to burn out the battery. I'm not, you know, I figure you probably, you might have to plug it into the wall to charge the battery on the thing. Uh, but that'd be my guess. 
yeah, I don't see anything about the battery about the thing. It's basically just giving you the, the size of the vehicle here on the website. Uh, I would promise that I was going to put a link to this in the show notes, but I promised something last week and I forgot to do it, so I'm not promising you anything. <laughs> <laughs> but go to landspeeder.radioflyer.com and you can order this thing. And it's very, very cool. Uh, oh, hey, did you get to see that there's a little sneak peek of Big Hero 6? Yes, I did. I, is it just me? I'm sure it's still the same Flash animation, but it actually looked a little better than what I've been seeing from the Star Wars series and stuff like that. Is it mm-hmm. just me? No, no, it's it's not just you. It's uh, it is looking really good. Yeah, I mean, it actually looks a little better. Maybe they maybe they've been fine tuning their animation with this Flash, and they're just getting better as they go. But I am super excited even with this little clip. I don't even remember what happened in the clip. I just remember watching it, going, "Yay, the Hero Six and Baymax is back." <laughs> So. You know, my, my my only little gripe, and, and it's a minor one, it's a quibble, um, I've never heard of the villain before, so I'm right. thinking they're probably going to be straying away from some of our well-known Marvel villains, um, but they really didn't make any ties to Marvel, uh, or overt ties to Marvel in the movie itself. Although, right. if you look in Fred's trophy room, there are a lot of different references to... Uh, various marvel properties just it's not something that's going to jump right out at you right so i mean because this is based off some marvel comic characters that have only been like in a couple of small minor things they don't mm-hmm. even have a book of their own really they no they, they were in a couple of miniseries and that's yeah. really it and i've seen them join and team with spider-man in uh, in a story i think it was ends of the earth that they, they they teamed with spider-man and helped out with some stuff uh, but the Marvel version is very different than what you're going to see, you know, what you saw in the Disney, you know, movie, and so mm-hmm. they kind of have their own bubble of a universe. So I'm 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 expecting a lot of invented villains. I don't expect to see any Marvel villains really show up, and that's fine. You know, I I will be happy with that. You know, because it seems kind of disconnected from the main Marvel universe, mm-hmm. and I think and, Disney's and- trying to connect all the Marvel cartoons together, like they're all mm-hmm. happening in the same world. So and that's fine. You know, you can keep it separate. I'm gonna have fun. Oh, definitely. But that wasn't the only sneak peek we got this weekend. Yeah, and I only know just so much. But all we know is that Darkwing Duck is gonna be part of the Ducktail series. Yes. Now, <sighs> if they now if they can make sure that uh, you know in whatever way he's involved, if Jim Cummings is involved, even Please. better. Please. Oh, please. <laughs> and call up our our friend Katie Lee to come and be Honker again, and I will be happy with that as well. Exactly, exactly. You know, I uh, got to chat with Tad Stones a little bit, and, you know, he was absolutely thrilled to know that we know Katie Lee. Because <laughs> Katie Lee's awesome. So, exactly. I'm still trying to get to where she can come to town. I need I need to get the Kansas City Comic Con to invite her and Will Ryan uh, so I can get them here because I can't afford to bring them in myself. But if they get an invite, I think it'll help with that. Uh, oh, definitely. I haven't, I haven't heard back. I did email the runners from Kansas City Comic Con, and uh, we're, we're trying to get something set up. So it'll Excellent. be very cool here in the Kansas City area if they get to come to town. I will mm-hmm. definitely enjoy that and have a good time. And she's done so much, and he's done so much. It'd be really great. But yes, yeah, so we know we know Darkwing Duck is coming, and we don't know on what capacity. Yeah, I mean, we who knows how this is going to appear? You know, we know that Gizmo Duck's involved. Yes. We know that uh, you know, obviously, Launchpad is going to be a part of this. So 
we've got the connections to Darkwing. Let's figure out. I, you know, is St. Canard another city within the, the world here? Is, you know, I'm just so excited to know that Darkwing is involved finally. Yeah. And you know what I would love? In the town of Duckburg, I'd love to find out that, say, Mickey, Minnie, Goofy, you know, all these other characters all live are at least connected to the world. Even if they don't live directly in Duckburg, they're connected into the world because I think they should be. Mm-hmm. I would love to yeah. have some guest appearances by Goofy and Mickey and Minnie and Daisy. Uh, well, you know, let, let's keep it to the Disney afternoon. Goofy oh, yeah. and Max, Pete. Yes. You know, what if St. Yes. Or, uh, not, well, I mentioned St. Canard, but what if Cape Suzette was part of this world? Yeah. And we get, you know, Baloo and Dunk Carnage and, you know, that whole side of things. Oh, could you imagine an episode where Launchpad and uh, and Baloo are having like a, an air race or something? Man, that would be incredible. Ooh, that'd be great. There's so much potential. But uh, mm-hmm. they had a really cool clip that they showed, I guess, at, at uh, Comic-Con. I guess this might be where this came from. I found it on YouTube. And it has a really fun scene where the uh, the nephews and, and Webigail are playing with, like, Nerf dart guns running around. And it's kind of funny because you can tell they've been driving Mrs. Beakley out of her mind. She's just fed up and tired of this. And Scrooge, when he's waking up in the morning, he's like, oh, you just got to be patient with new house guests. And he kind of helps, you know, with, with the aim. And he's like, oh, make sure you do this and lead your target there and stuff. And Don't uh, give yourself away. And Right. <laughs> he's giving tips and stuff. And a lot of great fun. But I love the, the ending of the clip we get because Scrooge is saying, oh, don't worry, Beakley. We just have to be patient and get used to it. Opens the bathroom door because he wants to get in the bathtub. But Donald's already in there. Like, do you mind and and then Scrooge is like that's it family meeting mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, every time I see something to this I get more excited yep so this is gonna most be definitely mm-hmm. I'm, I'm looking forward to it woo indeed yes uh, also I don't know anybody that owns an Oculus Rift do you no I don't yep but I saw this and I was I was pretty excited about it it's really neat and I don't know if they can make this game for, say, you know, the PlayStation 4 has a virtual reality setups, and you know that you can do stuff with your phone these days. We, we know that the Oasis is coming. More on that later. Oh, yes. You better believe it. <laughs> but this is a... I only just saw this on the Marvel Entertainment's on the YouTube. They showed uh, somebody kind of testing it out. But imagine doing a virtual reality where you are whatever Marvel superhero. And you even have these things, like, I guess it was gloves, if I remember correctly, these gloves you're wearing, and your hands, they actually can do everything. So if you're supposed to be able to throw flames from your hands, you actually have to gesture for it. What I was watching this woman do, she actually, she was playing as Deadpool, and she actually had to reach down to her hip and pull a gun out to holster and put mm-hmm. it away, and even reach behind her to pull a, a sword out and fight with the sword. Uh, I saw Hulk fists in action, and basically, if you look down, you are seeing the body of whatever superhero you are playing as. And yeah, uh, it also looked like they had the um, Carol Danver version of uh, Captain Marvel, as well as uh, Rocket Raccoon. Yeah, and I'm, uh, if there's a Spider-Man, you know I'd be loving it. Oh yeah, I'd be slinging it everywhere. all over. <laughs> now it does not give you quite the fighting moves because it is your own hands, but still, it'd be fun. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's called Marvel Power is United. I don't know when this is coming out. They were just showing it off at the at San Diego Comic Con, and I was like, "That's cool." I don't have an Oculus Rift though. Well, <laughs> <laughs> but if they find a way to bring that home some other way, uh, I, I'm in. I'm in. Oh yeah, definitely. But uh, are we ready to break outside of the world of Disney? Yeah, I think we can. 
Okay, this I've only, and I, I just put a note on it because I just saw it and I just found out about it and I was kind of excited. Uh, this isn't necessarily the family-friendly type of thing, but com- compared to what they make nowadays, uh, these are pretty tame, the old ones, but Resident Evil 2, the game, not these movies, Resident Evil 2 is actually getting remade right now. Ooh, and they're yeah, using the they call I guess I thought it was called re-engine when I've seen the logo, but it is RE engine because it's a new Resident Evil engine that Capcom ah, has made, ah. and they used it to, for Resident Evil Seven, which I still don't own a copy. I can't give it the full Neverland endorsement, but I can say that me the Spider Pan, I love Resident Evil games, so I really want it, <laughs> even though it's a lot of language now this time around. And I don't like a lot of language and stuff personally, but I still want to play the heck out of that thing. Even though I've even watched videos of people play the entire game at this point Resident Evil 7 but that's beside the point but the, the game engine now for, is is really good and real realistic and uh, so Resident Evil 2 is being probably made using this new engine but we don't know if that means that they're going to do a first person perspective uh, we don't know if they're going to similar to because they already remade the original Resident Evil back on the GameCube and they made a high definition version of it that I think you can even play on the PlayStation 4 now uh, where they've updated the graphics made it a little scarier and darker and stuff like that uh, so it, it could play similar to the way that Resident Evil 2 played before, or it could be a first person. We really don't know. All I know is I, I just and I found out about a podcast I'm going to listen to here this week uh, that has he's got videos up on YouTube, and this is where I, I, I saw this because I said Resident Evil 2 remake, and uh, I, he follows Resident Evil more than I do. This guy, so. Um, if I remember what the name of his podcast is, I will tell you. But I just remember watching this video this week, and I was like, oh, they're remaking Resident Evil 2. I may want to get that. So, so it's not necessarily a family-friendly, Neverlandy thing. But I was just like, hey, that's kind of cool. And I bet just, some of you would probably like it, too. So, Well, just, just don't play it in the dark with your surround sound turned on. Yes. You may give yourself some <laughs> nightmares. Resident <laughs> Evil 2 was the big on the jump scares. Mm-hmm. That one, that one, it didn't have the same scary feel as the original did for the suspense. But oh my goodness, it jump scared all kinds of things, and you're like, "Doggone it! Stop jumping the liquors out through windows at me!" You know. But oh, it was so much fun. And I, I already do have where they, they did kind of remake it a little bit for the GameCube. It's pretty, pretty much the same game. Uh, but you know, I do have a version of it because my old version of Resident Evil Two, I think I traded it in when I was getting the PS2 because the PS2 couldn't play it. I, I couldn't get it to run. But if I'd have kept it, it'll run on the PS3. So I wish I still had the original, but I did find it for cheap for the GameCube so I can go back and play it. It's just kind of a different control, so it feels really awkward when I play it. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it's just nice to be able to play it again. So, But yes, yeah, a remake. I'm excited. <laughs> All right. Well, another remake in kind of an odd sense, uh, DC announced their uh, two more films are going into production for the extended universe. One of them, and this is where the remake uh, comes in, uh, they've given us the title for the Flash movie. And it's Flashpoint. Yes. (laughs) Now, that has been the uh, title for uh, really a universe-changing event uh, about uh, six years ago when uh, DC moved from their post-crisis universe into uh, the new 52 and it was all about uh, how the Flash had gone back in time and saved his mother from being killed and everything within the world changed yeah so you know it's it's we know that with the Flash series that's been on TV which is unconnected to the movie mm-hmm. you know that's been a huge major theme uh, over the past three seasons is you know how Barry 
might have been able to save his mother, but didn't. Yeah, and they they really only devoted like an episode to the actual Flashpoint timeline because he went and he managed to fix it. Although it did have some repercussions on and it makes the whole season and it did affect Arrow a little bit. Uh, it, it swamped the gender of a child, you know. So mm. it did affect some of the other stuff, but I actually was hoping it was going to affect more changes mm-hmm. in, in the CW verse. Uh, well, I, I I predict that it'll give the Flash the opportunity to go into battle. Apparently so. <laughs> For anyone who is, we're, we're going to get to that later here in a right. little bit. Uh, but yeah, there's a really kind of fun scene with the uh, upcoming Justice League movie. But yeah, with the Flashpoint, that's the thing is they, you know how people were complaining about, oh, not another Spider-Man reboot. Do we have to see Uncle Ben die again? That's what this feels like to me, just because they have, if you haven't been watching the DC animated movies, they're really good. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen all of them. But I did see Flashpoint, and it's really mm-hmm. good. They did the, did the Flashpoint storyline already, as well as doing the TV show. So this is the third time we're going to get a Flashpoint story. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and while we're talking about DC, and, and not to get away from the next bit of news that we have, but it was also announced at San Diego Comic-Con that uh, their animated animation division is making a new Death and Return of Superman movie. Actually, two movies. Yeah, Death When Anna Returned, which they've already done. They did that Doomsday movie, which they did, but it is, was I have it. it's not it's not as good as it could have been, but it's not bad. No, and and it was pretty heavily condensed. Yes, uh, but it this was. one wow. is going to give us the Reign of the Superman, the Cyborg Superman, the uh, Eradicator Superman, Superboy, and Steel, and give us their stories uh, in the second film, second movie. And by the end of it, you can bring in the real Superman, and you can even do the whole Cyborg Superman story with the, everything, really. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So. Maybe we can even have a you know little appearance by Green Lantern in there too. Yeah. I mean, you there's a, I would like to because they have you know the the storyline in the comics. I mean, the Justice League was trying to stop Doomsday uh, before Superman arrived on the scene. I mean, it was, Doomsday was just going through the DC universe and taking out their heroes, man. Oh yeah, and he just tore through the Justice League at that yes. time. Yes, wow. Booster Gold, Blue Beetle, um, Bloodwind. Um, I'm trying to remember who else. Maxima. Yeah, Maxima's um, there. I think even uh, Guy Gardner. Yeah, yeah, Guy Gardner was uh, there as well. Yeah, he he wasn't a Green Lantern at the time, but he still had his power ring. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean it's it's a heck of a good story, and really that Doomsday, even though it's pretty good, it really did, as you said, condensed everything down for what happened, and they have it all happen almost like the events happen in one night where Superman manages to stop Doomsday. But to go for the death, I mean, really, in the comics, it took all day. You know, Superman's fighting with Doomsday and constantly fighting, and you get the idea that by the end he's just worn out. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and and I love the way that that um, those last four issues were set up because uh, the fourth to last issue you had four panels per page, third to last issue you had three panels per page, second to last two panels per page, and then that last issue every page was a splash panel with the final uh, image being a threefold gateway image. And that's where you had the, the day a Superman died. Exactly. And the cape was on the on the hook or, or on the thing blowing, and Lois is crying, and ah, oh, powerful image, really. And so if, if they know, recreate that in the animated, oh, I'm in. You know, and it's a it's a great story for them to go back and and to you know have a second pass at and really uh, go to town with it. Yeah. 
Now, speaking of the animated, we haven't even mentioned it, although I've known of this for a long time, but I, and I haven't gotten to see it yet, but the Batman 66, the Return of the Cape Crusaders that I haven't gotten to see yet, has a sequel coming where William Shatner is playing Two-Face. And exactly. This is, this is what something we dreamed of, to have William Shatner and Adam West in the same feature of some sort. Mm-hmm. We've and, wanted and it great, so long, and here it is. It's coming. And the great thing is that the animated character of Two-Face looks just like William Shatner. Yes, <laughs> I am. I, I really need to buy the, the the Return of the Cape Crusaders so I can watch that one before the other because I've heard that one is fantastic. Mm-hmm. I've uh, heard the same. Now, um, I, I don't mean to turn this into the DC animated <laughs> podcast here, but I do want to mention I saw um, their uh, Justice League. Um, Oh, I'm forgetting the name of it. Anyhow, it's like an alternate version of Superman, who was the son of uh, Zod. Uh, a Batman who was really um, Man-Bat. Wow. And uh, Wonder Woman wasn't Diana Themyscira. She came from the New Gods. And it was a really interesting take on uh, an alternate universe with those characters. Um I'm sorry, I can't remember the name of it anymore, but I saw it this last weekend, thought it was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, Oh, this is something that's already out. It's available then, huh? Oh, yes, yes. It's been out for a couple of years now. Wow. Is that – I don't remember if they made it, but I know – I thought I saw something about a Superman Red Sun where they have – what if Superman (laughs) had landed in communist Russia? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that one has uh, been out as well um, under that title. I know Philip told me about that story. It's a comic, but it's not an animated yet or it is? Uh, it is. It, it's been animated, and it came out a couple of years ago. See, I'm so far. I need. To, I need to go out and get some of these. I've got the Green Lantern one. That first flight that was that one's epic. I love it. But, you know, honestly, these these movies have been great, and you know, a, a big part of it is the fact that not in every case, but a lot of them have um, you know kept the Bruce Tim style yeah. of uh, design, which has been great. Thank you, Bruce Tim. Mm-hmm. Which does remind me, I have heard that Batman Mask of the Phantasm is about to have a Blu-ray release. Ooh, I am looking forward to that. I cannot wait yeah, to I get that, that on Blu-ray. I've got, a, I've got a DVD set I found once that had that one, uh, had uh, Sub-Zero, and also had uh, Return of the Joker with Batman uh, um, Beyond, which is the mm-hmm. only Batman Beyond I've really paid attention to was that movie, and it's 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 pretty good. Uh, but uh, I love the uh, Batman Sub-Zero with Mr. Freeze. Uh, and it's, it's, it's almost more of a Robin story because it is kind of cute because you have uh, Robin and Batgirl, uh, that they, you know, as Dick Grayson and, um, um, my brain, my Barbara Gordon are, are kind mm-hmm. of dating because they're supposed to be about the same age. And it's kind of a cute thing. But then Barbara Gordon is chosen by Mr. Freeze to be the new embodiment of, uh, of his wife, his wife. I forgot her name. Nora. Nora, yes, Nora Freeze. He wants to put Nora Freeze's brain into her body. And so you feel the emotion of Robin panicking, like, oh my gosh, I have to help. You know, she's mm-hmm. in danger, you know, and so he wants to come and help. And he tries to, I think he, I haven't watched him all, but I think he tries to go on his own. And Batman does have to, of course, intervene and help because Mr. Freeze is a formidable enemy. And when he's desperate to get his wife back, he'll do anything. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's a great villain the way they presented him in the animated series. And so I just love it when he pops up now. But it's mm-hmm. a oh, very good movie. You haven't seen that one. Yes, yes. Uh, I did recall the name uh, of the, the one that I just saw. It's Justice League Gods and Monsters. Gods and Monsters. Oh, I think I've seen that. I just didn't know what it was. And I know there's like a darker Justice League movie they've done. Even that, Maybe that's the one I was thinking of. So. Well, they, they, they did just recently release uh, Justice... Or they're 
yeah, Justice League Dark. Um, yeah, that must be the one earlier this year. But that's that's more about um, John Constantine leading a group. Ah, okay. I think Zantana and uh, Darkman are both part of it. Um, but it, you know that does come out of one of the books that came with uh, the New Fifty Two. Uh, where we had this uh, Justice League that handled these spiritual, metaphysical uh, threats. Ah, okay. Which does remind me of something uh, this, uh, while we're talking about DC. Uh, I know probably a lot of people have seen that they've, they've you know, Warner Brothers owns Hanna-Barbera now, uh, and they started doing some comics with the Flintstones and made them realistic, and they took the fun away, and they've, they've started trying to do some other Hanna-Barbera characters. But I actually saw this week... They had um, uh, what's the guy's name? The cowboy guy, um, Yosemite Sam. Well, yeah, Yosemite Sam has made an appearance with, and I saw because it's Looney Tunes. Jonah Hex, yes, a Jonah Hex comic book <laughs> with Yosemite Sam, and Yosemite Sam. He's still short, but they did a realistic so Yosemite Sam with Foghorn Leghorn was there. It's basically a giant rooster, and he was carrying a gun. And I was just like, "What are you guys doing now to Looney Tunes?" <laughs> well, I'll, I'll tell you this: there was a. Batman Elmer Fudd one-shot that came out a couple of weeks ago. You may say, uh, but it was very well done. Was it at least funny? Um, it was funny. Uh, Elmer Fudd was tracking down a wascally criminal uh, who had uh, buck teeth, and uh, Batman was there to you know, work with him and try and find this guy and try and figure out, you know, what this guy had to do with the murder of Elmer Fudd's wife. Now, the first half is, you know, treated in the, you know, current uh, realistic style of uh, the the current crop of comic books. And then there's a follow-up story done Warner Brothers animation style. Uh, but, which would be uh, kind of no, cool that... to see, like, an animated Batman in with the Looney Tunes. That would be kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And, and... You know, if, if I recall right, it, it, it wasn't exactly a uh, Bruce Tim or even a Super Friends style of Batman. It seemed more along the lines of uh, Batman Brave and the Bold. Oh, so he's a little bit more style. cartoony. So. Yeah, more cartoony and a bit more bombastic. Yeah. But, uh, you know, those those books uh, have been a little bit hit and miss. Um, you know, there's a really fun one with Wiley Coyote. And, oh, I'm trying to remember what character he was paired up with. But... Uh, you know, Wiley, Coy- Wiley Coyote got mistaken by a uh, sheepdog for another uh, coyote named Ralph. <laughs> if you remember those cartoons. Although Ralph, I think, was a wolf. <laughs> yes. Yes. But so. he confused Wiley Coyote for Ralph. <laughs> That's fun. <laughs> well, but, uh, you know, all of this animated uh, goodness is, is excellent. And, you know, maybe we should find time to devote, uh, you know, a full show to those but uh you know i don't want to go too much further without mentioning that also at comic-con warner brothers has announced a sequel is now in the works for wonder woman shocking like we didn't expect that (laughs) (laughs) it's just you know we can it's nice to acknowledge that they've said that oh yeah we're working on it we knew they were gonna do it especially it's it's still been the the biggest movie of the summer Mm mm-hmm so yeah, because and it was that I haven't seen yet. <laughs> you haven't seen it. It is a I have not great seen movie. You will love it. Once so I good. have the opportunity, yeah. I, I look forward to it. <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> it's been uh, a very busy summer. This is going to be a long show because we still haven't even got to our main stuff here. Because uh, really, the big thing going on at San Diego Comic Con was trailers. So let's kick on that trailer park music. All right, y'all. 
One more time. It don't matter what you look like. It don't nobody gonna sing with okay. The Neverland Trailer Park. Alrighty, the first thing we're gonna listen to is what they were saying was the biggest thing there, at least of what's been put online. Thor Ragnarok. So much has happened since I last saw you. I lost my hammer, like yesterday, so that's still pretty fresh. And then I went on a journey of self-discovery. Where I met you. Where are we? You have no idea. Hello, the goddess of death has invaded Asgard. Oh, I've missed this. And you and I had a fight recently. Did I win? No, I won easily. Doesn't sound right. Well, that's true. Asgard is dead. And it'll be reborn in my image. I thought you'd be glad to see me. I need to stop her here and now. To prevent Ragnarok, the end of everything. So I'm putting together a team. Like the old days. Surprise! This will be such fun. Hello. Hi. He's a fighter. Not a queen or a monster. I'm the goddess of death. What were you the god of again? We're the same, you and I. Just a couple of hot-headed fools. Yes, yeah, same. Hulk like fire, mm. Thor like water. Oh, kind of both like fire. But Hulk like raging fire. So I like smoldering fire. <laughs> oh, so that voice you're hearing at the end of this trailer, yes, indeed, my friends, that was the Hulk speaking in coherent sentences. Boom! <laughs> well, you know, he did have at least one coherent sentence in the first Avengers. Yeah, two words. Puny God. Yes. And he's been <laughs> but, able to say Hulk smash. But with with doing sentences where it shows that the thought process is I love that because Hulk should develop that way that he – him and Bruce's brain start kind of working a bit more together to where you see mm-hmm. that the Hulk has the intelligence of Bruce uh, – not Bruce Wayne. Did I say Bruce Wayne? Bruce I hope Banner. I didn't. Bruce Banner. But um, – You know, one, one thing I picked up though is that it seems that Bruce – really doesn't know what's going on when the Hulk is in charge. Yeah, but that's that's typical. Although, I guess in some of the, the later stuff, uh, I have liked uh, in Avengers Earth's Mightiest Hero, the animated series from before, you had like an inner conversation that Bruce could talk to, to Hulk from inside. Mm-hmm. I like that idea, and I, I hope they develop that and, and bring that around a lot more. That would be really kind of cool. 
And I do wonder, though, who is voicing the Hulk, because I think Lou Ferrigno has previously voiced, voiced the Hulk in, in yeah, these he, movies. I hope he's still uh, there. Well, it, it sounded to me an awful lot like Mark Ruffalo. It kind of did, with maybe some voice change. Mm-hmm. So I, I hope it's Lou Ferrigno, but, though. Please let it be Lou Ferrigno, because that would be awesome. But, you know, I really am, you know... I'm looking forward to this, knowing the story a little bit more. It seems to me like, you know, we're going to start off with Hela invading uh, Valhalla, or not Valhalla, um, uh, uh, Asgard. Asgard. Uh, Thor uh, becoming a slave and a prisoner, going to this battle world, and uh, eventually somehow breaking free with the Hulk, with Valkyrie, and with Loki in tow as they go back to reclaim Asgard. Oh, so good. So cool. And this apparently is building towards Avengers Infinity War because, you know, uh, Thanos is in love with death. Mm-hmm. Hella, specifically. Now, mm-hmm. He will well, do and, anything and think, to please her. Yeah, well, they haven't made it clear that Hela, who is the god of death uh, in the Asgardian world, is the personification of death. You know, there is a difference in the comic books between the two. So I would not be surprised knowing the visual shorthand that is needed if they do make that connection. Yeah, and I I hope they do. It could be very cool. But, oh, this trailer got me excited, and I love the bit of dialogue where she's like, I am the goddess of death. Now, what were you the god of? And then we see Thor without his hammer, but in a thunderstorm landing on the the rainbow bridge in that superhero three-point landing Mm -hmm. with thunder in his (laughs) eyes like, yeah. Oh, yes. This this looks like it is going to be one heck of a ride. I am so excited. <laughs> but speaking of uh, Avengers Infinity War, apparently they did show a trailer, but they have not put it out online, so I have no audio for it. But there was some leaked footage. If you go looking on YouTube, there's people who tried to film some stuff with their phones, so you get a pretty good look at some things. And there's also been uh, – they also premiered this footage at uh, D23, and I know that I've seen some written descriptions of the images that you'll see in the in this trailer. Yeah. So let's hope that uh, we get it sooner than later. Yeah, I didn't read any of the written descriptions because I was looking for it to come online. And I thought, okay, well, it didn't show up on D23. They're waiting for San Diego Comic-Con, <laughs> and then they'll put it up. But they didn't. Well, I don't well, know what they're waiting for. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they're waiting for that uh, Thor – release date to come up to maybe they'll probably put it in front of that they'll probably put it at the end of thor because it looks like from this thor has somehow ended up in space wandering about and runs right into the guardians of the galaxy and that might be their connection to how they're going to be dealing helping with thanos because i guess thor is going to know something about thanos by the end of ragnarok well, and obviously Gamora knows a bit about uh, Thanos as well. So. I should think so. <laughs> and All right. Well, they teased a little bit that that, that Ronan may be coming back somehow. Ooh. I wonder because there's at one point that you kind of hear a voice and Star Lord kind of looks up. We're kind of like that sounds like Ronan, you know. You don't see Ronan, but you know that's when Thanos is gonna appears in the trailer. I don't know if that means Ronan really is going to be back somehow. Or not. I, I don't know, but I'm ready for another dance-off. That's right. Star-Lord versus Thanos. <laughs> Come on, buddy. <laughs> okay. But speaking of uh, the opposite side of the world from the Avengers, we got a new trailer for Justice League.
weekend, Diana. Me? Huh. Nothing very interesting. The world remains in mourning after the death of the Superman. And where is the Gotham Bat? The mass vigilante has been a no-show. He said the age of heroes would never come again. It has to. We don't have any more time. Something is coming. No protectors here. when one's biggest concerns were exploding wind-up penguins. This is crazy. Honestly, I think we're all gonna die. Each of us, in some way, is held back. Don't engage alone. We'll do this together. It's really cool. You guys seem ready to do battle and stuff, but I've never done battle. Push some people and run away. Relax, Alfred. I'll take it from here. Uh, do, do I know you? Superman was a beacon to the world. He didn't just save people. He made them see the best parts of themselves. I don't recognize this world. We don't have to recognize it. We just have to save it. How many of you are there? Not enough. Do you really think that... Oh, wow, they just, they really just vanish. Huh? Oh, that's rude. said you'd come. Now let's hope you're not too late. And I, a long trailer at that. <laughs> yeah, it was a big long one, but because the first trailer for Justice League, and I had said that it didn't quite impress me. However, this one looked awesome. I have to agree. You know, I, I have not been very much of a fan 
uh, of what the DC uh, Extended Universe has been doing. Again, don't crucify me yet because I haven't seen uh, Wonder Woman, but this has really got me excited in a way that Batman versus Superman did not. Yeah, Wonder Woman, I think, really set the, set the stage for showing how excellent a DC movies can be. Mm-hmm. And I think they're really moving their strides. We got a little hint of the end of Superman's return. Apparently somewhere there you can see the toy of Superman and see the, the new costume in the brighter colors. And they're promising Superman's going to be the icon that, that we all know he should be. Uh, I hope so. so. I'm, I'm looking forward to with Superman returning and bringing some justice down. Uh, you know, Superman style. I want to see Superman be that figurehead that he really should be. That I guess we've been seeing him growing into it to become the Superman that that, that we've loved since we were kids. So, well, I've got a question for you. Mm-hmm. What was J. Jonah Jameson doing in Gotham? Yeah, isn't that kind of cool? He's playing Commissioner <laughs> Gordon. I love it. Yes, yes, and and I I loved that bit. You know, it's not very. You can't really tell it well in the audio, but uh, there's a moment there that uh, Commissioner Gordon uh, has been speaking with the Justice League. He turns around and only the Flash is left. <laughs> They've all disappeared Batman style. I love it. That, that made me <laughs> laugh. And then Flash is like, wow, that's kind of rude. And then poof, the Flash is gone because he can just take yeah. off that quick. <laughs> but uh, as we mentioned earlier, the Flash hasn't seen very many battles, if any. So. Right. He mentioned that. Yeah. And I, I'm still not keen on the Flash costume. He looks like a Power Ranger. Uh, but you know what? I, I like this actor though playing the Flash. He's he's bringing youthful energy uh, that mm-hmm. I think should be fun, and you can tell that he's he's is you know very smart like he should be. Uh, but he's got that. He's going to be the one that's going to be able to crack some jokes. Which in the Flash, when I've seen him in Justice League cartoons, even though I guess I've seen Wally mainly, you know he does have a good sense of humor, and I think mm-hmm. we have seen some of that sense of humor from Barry Allen in the television series. Oh yeah. So you know, but I'm, I'm looking forward to it. You know, there there's one thing I, I think my kids are going to be a little bit disappointed when we go to see this. And what would that they be? They saw they saw Cyborg, and then my daughter asked, "Well, where's Beast Boy?" Oh yeah, I'd love to see Beast Boy in there too. They, and Starfire they, and Robin. They, exactly. They love the Teen Titans, not yeah. necessarily Teen Titans Go. They love Teen Titans. Yeah, it was a great show. That so, made me love the Teen Titans too, watching that yeah, show. Let's, let, let's get that universe expanded. Yes, please. But I'm, I'm excited but, to see Cyborg in there. He looks awesome. Oh, yes, most definitely. So, yes, Cyborg. Oh, but something else I'm excited for. This is something. Watch out for Easter eggs. Well, he, oh, heck yes. And uh, I, I'm not unfortunately going to play some audio for this because it was mainly audio and there's only a little bit of dialogue in the 80s. And, but one of the things I can tell you about this, you hear the main character saying, there's times I wish I was born in the 1980s, <sighs> which is a good line. But this, you know, I was I was born in the seventies, so oh, well, I was born in the seventies. But I grew, we grew up in the eighties, so we were we exactly. But exactly, this is from a novel by Ernest Klein, and it's called Ready Player One. Oh wait, I'm, that's right. I'm not playing. I don't have to pause here to edit in audio. I'm not playing it uh, because it wouldn't be that. Mainly, what you're gonna, what you would hear, would be Rush's Tom Sawyer, which, if you've read the book, is totally appropriate. Oh yes, oh yes. <laughs> You know, if if you haven't read Ready Player One, do so. Yeah, I'll Stop give you a warning. To our podcast, go listen to it right now. Go get an audio. Uh, do not listen with your kids. There is a lot of language actually in the book. I'm sure it's going to be cut down for the movie because Spielberg doesn't usually have a lot of language in his movies, and you get a wider audience if you go PG-13. Exactly. So, uh, but, uh, I don't expect you know, this, as many f bombs. <laughs> 
But this book is is a love letter to the 1980s. Yes. And overall, it's not that original. It's I mean, if you've watched, there's a lot of Japanese anime where you have people playing in a virtual world like they're in a, mo- a, a virtual game. There's not a lot of originality going into this, and really, he's blatantly borrowing from everything that he loved when he was a kid. Arcade games, mm-hmm. Pac-Man, and and in the trailer, you're going to see Back to the Future, you're going to see the Iron Giant, you're going to see Freddy Krueger, all kinds of stuff. He borrows heavily, but that's what makes this so much fun because it's exactly. everything you love being brought back in this in this unique storyline. And who the better to help? Who better to helm something like this than Steven Spielberg, who is responsible for so much of what we loved in the 80s? Right. So, Even though yes. I understand not much of his personal work is going to be within this movie. You know, I don't know that we're going to be seeing, you know, E.T. or Raiders of the Lost Ark or Gremlins type of things. Yeah, but it but would be cool if we did. It certainly would be. But I'll tell you, that moment where I saw... The Iron Giant striding up. I just lost it. Yeah. I don't even think Iron Giant was mentioned within the book. No, he wasn't. But, but you know, they got to make exceptions because you probably can't get the rights for Voltron, so you make but, so you get something mm-hmm. else. But if anybody can get rights, it's the guy who got all of the cartoon characters together for Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Robert Zemeckis, director of Back Actually, to the Future. That was oh, Steven Spielberg right. that Spielberg. those deals. Well, yeah, he, but Zemeckis directed. That's what I was kind of yeah, thinking. Zemeckis directed that. Zemeckis yeah, and Steven's... Spielberg, you know, can get along, which is why I think you got that DeLorean showing up, even though that's a universal property. I'm sure Zemeckis helped. Exactly. Now, if they can just get those X-Wings in there, too. Yeah, that would be awesome, but I don't th- I don't see Disney playing ball. <laughs> I don't see it happening. <laughs> so that's why you're not going to see Indiana Jones or anything like that. Yeah. But, but uh, oh, it would be cool know, if it did. Oh, yeah. But uh, if I, this was mentioned on um, – uh, Techno Retro Dads last week. If you look at the logo, there's an Easter egg in the logo. Oh, and I forgot what that Easter egg was. Oh, it's actually an egg. <laughs> but still, you know that that's part of the game as well as looking for Easter eggs. So yeah, 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 I, I yeah. can only imagine what there is in there that you know we have yet to crack open and look into. Okay, uh, I'm going to start cutting. I was meaning to play a lot of well, a lot more trailers, but we were really running short on time. But I am going to play at least this one for you because this was, well, you know, this was more visual. We won't play the audio of this, but go looking for Stranger Things two trailer. Because speaking of the '80s and some of the awesome, I, the the boys are standing around playing Dragon's Lair at the beginning of this thing. You know, and, and and Jeremy, I would say let's go ahead and play the audio for this one because it's got Dragon Slayer, it's got Thriller, it's got you know good stuff yeah. in it. When when I, this I, podcast I, translates over to YouTube, I'm going to get flagged for that Thriller song. But okay, here we go. <laughs> the audio from Stranger Things Two trailer. We got to do this. Let's engage.
nothing's going to go back to the way that it was. Not really. I saw something. What is it? I don't know. I felt it. Falls across the land. The midnight hour is close at hand. Creatures crawl in search of blood to terrorize y'all's neighborhood. And whosoever shall be found. Sometimes I feel like I still see you. Must stand and face the hounds of hell and rot inside a corpse's shell. Whatever is happening is spreading from this place. What does it want? Not me. Everyone else. And the, see, what you're not seeing is because there's that pause between Vincent Price finishing his rap, as it's known as. There's mm-hmm. a pause, and then you hear him laugh as the logo comes up. What you see there is Eleven looking around. She's in the upside-down version of the classroom where she defeated the monster before. And you see her find a way to break through into the school to come back. Yay, <laughs> Eleven! Yeah, that got the biggest reaction out of my daughter when she was seeing this. She saw Stranger Things last year. Cannot wait for this to come out. October 27th. I got to watch Just the in first time for one Halloween. Again. Just in time. Oh, yes. You know we're going to be binge-watching that sucker. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, yes, very excited. Uh, another thing that uh, – Okay, this uh, we're basically in the realm of TV. Now we're going to go outside of Netflix a little bit. For uh, I, I'm just going to talk about some of the new stuff because a lot of it they mm-hmm. were showing what happened at the end of Arrow on the CW in the, in, in a, this feature, but it does show a little bit of some things going on. And from what we come to understand, uh, you're going to get to see more of what was happening. I, to, to hopefully, if you watch Arrow, you know everybody was on this island and it blew up. But you're going to get to see what all the characters on the island were doing right before the detonation of the island. And Oliver apparently is going to have to take a bit more of a parental role with his son, William. So we're going to see some more of that, and that's going to be exciting. But that's all we know about coming up in the season of Arrow. That's coming in October. Moving along quickly, also we got to see something of The Flash. And the only thing we can see is we do get to see uh, that uh, – not cold kill. What am I – Killer Frost. We're going to see her normal again. We're going to see Caitlin helping out. I'm excited about that. So Caitlin is going to find a balance of between her, apparently her powers and she's helping Cisco bring Barry back. All right. Yes. 
Oh, so Barry's coming back. I was, I was thinking, I was, I would have been happy to see Wally, but I love Barry and I want to see Wally do some cool stuff. And if it was, if it was tossed over to Wally, that'd have been cool too. But I love Barry Allen. I want to see Barry Allen come back and him and Wally doing things together and a super team with, with Cisco and everything. Oh man, I'm excited. Then we also got to see, and I didn't grab the audio of this one because they cursed the Defenders. There is a new trailer for the, def- the upcoming Defenders series. Also, I've heard that there is Iron Fist 2 coming, second season. I still haven't watched Luke Cage or Iron Fist or any of this stuff. I need to catch up, I know. Yeah, I'm still back in uh, uh, Daredevil season two. So, <laughs> Which is a good season. I actually liked it better than the first season. But it, it was a great trailer. Also, I recommend you check out something called Bright with Will Smith. This is, I guess, a Netflix original movie. Mm-hmm. Imagine the modern world has orcs, fairies, and elves living in it. And all different races and all kind of getting along. And suddenly, you know... Well, maybe you have, not necessarily getting along. Maybe not necessarily getting along. Yeah, because there could be racial tension. So I, I'm sure there's going to be a lot... Uh, dealing with racial tension, trying to, you know, make a message of that. Uh, but basically, Will Smith is a cop who is partnered with an orc, which is part of a, a program to kind of, you know, get more orc support for the police. Because I guess there's been problems and tensions with the orcs uh, of not being treated properly because orcs are known to be aggressive and violent in, in, in previous stories and the bad guys in fantasy usually. So you have an orc who is his partner. So you, you got a buddy cop thing going on. But the story revolves around an elf that finds a magic wand, which they describe as being a nuclear weapon that could grant any wish you could possibly want. Which can be extremely dangerous. Yes. If uh, monkey paws have taught me anything. <laughs> right. Uh, but the, the only problem I have with this is the music. And I guess this is music you actually have in the film because they're already pre-selling a soundtrack. It's all hip hop, street, whatever, which I don't know. I, I guess this fits the feel for the movie they're trying to do. But when I see elves and orcs, I don't, you know, hip hop doesn't do it for me. So I'm not I'm not I don't want to have it to be all that style, but I guess that's what it is. But I still think that I could have some fun with this. so I'm going to watch it. Oh, definitely. Yes. And this is called Bright, as in a light is bright. So go check out. There was a trailer for that. Another trailer. And I'm I'm trying to like speedball through these things because we're (laughs) so late here. But Star Trek Discovery, we finally got a big full trailer to get a look at this. Uh, There's a lot of stuff that's be worth listening to. So let's go ahead and, and listen to that. life is born from chaos the world doesn't always adhere to logic sometimes down is up and sometimes when you're lost you're found The Klingon Empire has been in disarray for generations. We've encountered them. We have been waiting for someone worthy of our attention. Captain, incoming! is the essential process of all existence, Commander Burnham. Go! You must-
must challenge your preconceptions, or they most certainly will challenge you. What the hell is going on on this ship? Run! We are creating a new way to fly. Hurry. I'm getting very close to. You're mad. I'm mud. You chose to do the right thing. Being a great cost to yourself. You helped start a war. Don't you want to help me end it? Now, the thing is, is you're hearing some dialogue, and it's exciting. But what you don't get to really get a look at is you might not recognize Jason Isaac's voice. Uh, Michelle Yeoh, I don't think she had any lines, but they're both in this series. Jason Isaac's is some sort of a captain. I think Michelle Yeoh is a captain. We're following around this other character. Character They refer to her as a commander. I haven't done any research because I've been wanting to be surprised by this. I don't want to know too much myself. I, I just wanted to see this, and I, I I mean, there's all the information you out there to be found about this new Star Trek series, but I'd want to be surprised. The only thing that I didn't know was coming is there's a new look for the Klingons. So when you first see them in this, you don't recognize them, but you heard them talking about the Klingons. There's, I, I don't know, I don't know if this is connected in because the the online game. Have you ever played the online game, Eric? No, I haven't. Well, the online game, uh, there's some tensions have built up between the Federation and the Klingons, and they've been at war again. And that's that's dealing with the timeline. It's supposed to stem right around from the Next Generation timeline. And it looks like this could be the next Next Generation here. And I guess the Klingons haven't been seen around, or they've lost contact with the Klingons, and they're, and they're running into them again. And the Klingons look a little different, which kind of works, because the original series, they looked completely different than what we oh, got yes. to in Next Generation. So the Klingons, the look of them kind of tends to change for whatever reason. That, uh, as Worf said, we don't like to talk about it. <laughs> so, very, very excited when I saw this. I'm looking forward to this series coming in the fall that, yes, will be coming to CBS, and also apparently Amazon Prime and CBS has going to have their own pay service that you'll be able to watch the episodes after they've aired, only on theirs. Well, no, they're, they're, not going, they're only going to show the premiere on CBS. Every other episode afterwards will be only available through their app. Oh, I thought that they had went ahead and said, okay, well, everybody wants to watch. We'll put it on the regular network. Well, now I'm disappointed. Yep, they 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 you know they want to get their own streaming service up and going and yeah, but uh, there's another Daniel. series. There, we've got one more uh, comic related series coming out, and that's Marvel's The Gifted, in which uh, we're going to be following along characters like Thunderbird and Polaris and uh, two Stuckers. I have no idea who the Stuckers are. I, I know that they're from the comic books. Uh, I don't know. Much beyond that, if they're related to Baron von Stucker, yeah, I wondered about that. Not. But um, you know, this this is going to be another TV series set in a post X Men world. Well, yeah, they they mentioned that they don't know if the Brotherhood or the X Men still exist, but the tensions apparently with the mutants have grown very high, and there's government agencies, of course, trying to hunt them because they hate and fear what they don't understand. Has been the theme of the X Men because they have powers, and they're afraid of what people could, with these powers could do. Although in the Marvel universe, it's always been funny to me. They're afraid of the mutants, but yet they're okay with all the other superheroes. 
you know, with a gamma powered guy. <laughs> right. and... Well, you know, they do have some problems with him and there are people who hate Spider-Man, you know, so I mean, there is some stuff, but everybody loves Captain America, but yeah. even though he took drugs, <laughs> right. <laughs> he took some drugs that were some serious steroids, man, that had permanent <laughs> effects, <laughs> but, uh, because we're running out of time, I'm not necessarily going to play the audio, I think, for Marvel's The Gifted. There's some interesting dialogue, but it's more of a visual treat. So go mm-hmm. check it out, Marvel's The Gifted. Uh, now, I do want to turn one last corner. I know it, we're getting late. Uh, we've already run an hour, but uh, I think we can have time for this. I got a chance, as I think I mentioned this before, to see War for the Planet of the Apes. There'll be spectacle, there'll be fantasy, there'll be daring do and stuff like you would never see. Hey, a movie! Yeah, we're gonna be a movie! Starring everybody and me. Boy, I wish I were you people seeing this for the first time. Kermit, I got a great picture of the chicken! Oh, good! Alright, now, uh, this, this has been interesting, um, because I had not seen the original Planet of the Apes films, have you? I have not seen any of these. Okay, have you you haven't seen any of these 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 trilogy that now is complete at all? Any of these? I haven't watched any of these movies at all. Wow. Okay. Well, <laughs> so from what I, I I did a little research, the original Planet of the Eight series, uh, they they wanted to explain how the planet became dominated by the apes, and at one point in one of the movies. A couple apes go back in time into mm-hmm. what have been the modern time, like in the, about the 70s at, at the time, I guess, and accidentally caused the super intelligent race of apes to be born through an ape named Caesar. Uh, and he started a revolution with the apes, and eventually the apes became in control of the planet. Now, these films have given an alternate version of that basic idea. And at the beginning of War for the Planet of the Apes, it does try to sum up the previous two films in this trilogy. Mm-hmm. And what we'd seen before was Jinx Franco's character was trying to develop uh, a cure for Alzheimer's. He had used it on one ape, uh, this female called Bright Eyes. She had a son. Uh, something had went with the uh, – somebody was afraid of what was happening and they wanted to terminate all of the apes in the program, all these chimpanzees. James Franco's character takes the baby of Bright Eyes home with him to save one of them, especially since it turned out his Alzheimer's cure seems to have had an effect and Caesar was the ultimate result. And how, how Bright Eyes ended up also getting killed is she's trying to protect her son and she's become smarter and she tries to protect her son and it goes badly and they have to killing it. But Caesar is this baby chimpanzee and James Franco's character, I forgot his name, takes him home, raises him. But unfortunately, Caesar is trying to – he's afraid, thinking the neighbor is, is a threat and so he tries to protect James Franco and he attacks the neighbor. And so Caesar gets locked in with all these other apes. And these people don't realize Caesar is super intelligent, and he's learned sign language. And uh, a lot of different things happen along the way. Caesar uh, releases a, a gas and a virus, basically, known as the simian flu. He ends up releasing that and inadvertently dooms humanity. But it causes all the other apes, and he thought only the apes that were in this uh, thing that he was sent to, they, be- they start becoming smarter. But he leads the apes on uh, an escape into these woods outside San Francisco. Second film, the simian flu has wiped out most of humanity, except for some humans that turned out to, to, to grow an immunity for it. So there's not a lot of humanity left. And so you've got an apocalyptic world. 
and now there's tensions between these ever-intelligent, growing apes and the humans that are just fighting for survival. Uh, one of the apes from the, the center was Koba, and he was abused by the humans. He hates humans. Basically, this, the plot of the second film is slowly there starts to become a little bit of friendship and trust between some of the humans and Caesar. He learns to trust humans again and makes friends with some humans. But Koba hates the humans. And between him and a character played by Gary Oldman, he's, by the end of the movie, he has started a war between the apes and the humans. And that's where that movie ended. Although the, with Caesar, there was a big theme of it of apes do not kill apes. Caesar tells Koba, well, you're no longer an ape, and kills Koba in the end in a very epic battle. But these are not overall violent movies. They're very serious, very dramatic, and not really language or anything. I mean, this, you could take your kids into this, although it's very serious and occasionally rough to watch, because these apes fight like apes, and it's very brutal sometimes. This third film, though, picks up that now we know that there's been some sort of a war between humans and apes. And it's, it should not be happening. It is, it is a tragic thing because they should be able to get along. And they have a, if they can forge a new world together, if only they could learn to get along. But there's this fear and mistrust of each other that has grown and developed. Now, I don't want to tell too much of the story of War for the Planet of the Apes, but it's not the war movie that seems to be advertised. There is some battles going on. But there's a deeper story going on where the, uh, this colonel played by Woody Harrelson, and you find out more about him later in the movie on why he is dead set against things and what his motivations are. The, uh, the characters in this, even the villains, are very well developed, and you understand the motivations, you understand the characters, and this was a very emotional movie that nearly made me cry three different times. Mm. But I don't want to tell you what happens that caused that. But there's some very great emotional touching scenes. You have a little girl that, you know, Caesar, who has gained a new mistrust of humans. Now there's this little girl that they find. Uh, and that is the beginning of a storyline that helps explain why in the original Planet of the Apes, the humans have no ability to speak. And they're kind of the cattle of the apes. And it's a shocking thing when you have Charlton Heston, who was this astronaut who's been lost in time, comes back to Earth and says, get your hands off me, you darn dirty ape. That's, that's the, apparently a catalyst in the original films. That, oh my gosh, a human that can speak. But this movie gives reason why the humans uh, cannot speak when we get to this future time that's coming. And even the first of this trilogy mentions an astronaut doing a special mission in space and he's not coming back for however long. Hmm. And something's going to go wrong. So there's potential. They, we could have yet another attempt at making a Planet of the Apes film telling that story. Because uh, apparently the Tim Burton one, people tell me that's no good. I've never seen the original ones. But they could tell that story now. They've set things up that they could go into the far future where apes have controlled and the humans don't speak. They, they, they've set it up. But I'm not going to tell you how that works. But that this is the movie that tells that story. And it was Wonderful! It is the Andy Circus. I cannot say enough good things about him as a motion capture actor. Has every when he brings a character to, together, he brings such emotion and such a believability to the character. Uh, and even just being an ape character who has slowly become more and more human and more intelligent and has now full lines of dialogue, he can speak full sentences completely now. Uh, just the things he can do with his face of what they capture of Andy Circus's performance. Hats off to the guy. That guy, if you need a motion-captured character, you get Andy Serkis. There's nobody better than Andy Serkis. Uh, just an amazing, phenomenal movie. Deeply emotional. My second favorite movie of the summer so far. Well, maybe third favorite. Well, no, probably second because 
Wonder Woman is probably the top. Guardians of the Galaxy 2 was fantastic. This ranks right up there with those two movies for me of being some of the best things I've seen this summer. But it is... If you've seen the other ones, you know these are deeply serious. They're hard to watch because they're very emotional. You're you're going to go through an emotional ringer with these films, and this one's no different. Like I said, I nearly cried three times. I was trying to hold it in. Even telling some of the stuff of some of the characters you meet and some of the stories of some of the other apes they meet along the way. To Heather, I was like, oh, sorry, I'm about to choke up just talking about this character. But mm. there's a character named Bad Ape, and when you find out how he got that name and his backstory when they meet this character – if you don't choke up a little, you have no soul. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Such a great film. I know I'm a week late getting a review out to this, but I highly recommend to go out and see it. It's not it's not a fun movie like you normally get over the summer, but it is so good as all three of these movies have been. And I look forward. Uh, they're not so far. I haven't heard any plans to make a fourth one to maybe do another remake of the original Planet of the Apes, but do it in the style of what they've developed here. Uh, but I would be happy to see it. That's all I got to say about that. But I'm highly recommending, Eric, if you get a chance to see these films, check them out. They're very, very good. All right. I just may do that. Yep. But uh, we're running long here, so I think we need to shut this down. So <laughs> this is where I play the ending cue. But this will both give us a chance to say goodbye, and then I'll hit that ending cue music. So goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to the Neverland Podcast. We invite you back next week for more fun and adventure. Until then, remember to keep a pixie in your pocket. It's that young at heart, positive attitude that you can share with others. And remember to visit our website at NeverlandPodcast.com. There you can find links to our news page, our shop, our contact page, where you can easily send an email to podcast at NeverlandPodcast.com. You can also find our Neverlanders page, where you can find out how to become an official lost boy or pixie, because girls are too clever to get lost. Become a real Neverlander. Please feel free to leave us a voicemail at 816-226-6492. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at NeverlandPCast. And like our Neverland Podcast fan page on Facebook. We also have a group on Facebook for you to join. We also appreciate your support to keep the Neverland Podcast up and running. Visit Patreon.com slash NeverlandPodcast to donate to Keeping the Pixie Dust Alive. Copyright content featured on the Neverland podcast is copyright of their respective creators and used under fair use license. All original content is copyright of Blue Band Productions and a very special thanks to Yeehaw Bob Jackson at yeehawbob.com for our new ending music. God bless! Yeah! Hello everybody, this is Yeehaw Bob Jackson. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Neverland Podcast, it's true. Neverland Podcast, we love you.